Um, I didn't ask last week, but this week, do we have anyone that wanted to share a testimony that has had an opportunity to share the gospel with anyone this week? Anyone? Okay, so still a challenge. Find an opportunity this week to share the love of Jesus with someone, whether it's a waiter or a waitress or someone in the grocery store. Um, If nothing else, rear in someone in traffic and then share the gospel with them. Maybe don't do that, Um, but uh, certainly. Um, If you would, please then stand for the reading of the word. And we are reading in Luke chapter 11. I know that will catch many of you off guard. Uh, Beginning in verse 27. As he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. When the crowds were increasing, he began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation." The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part in dark, It will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays give you light. May the Lord bless the reading of his word as we begin and open uh, the service this morning. I'd like to open in prayer again. As we bow our heads in prayer, if there is someone you would like to pray for, then please feel free to just call out their name, and then when it silences, I will uh, continue in prayer. Father, we come before you as your body, worshiping you and celebrating your greatness, your majesty, the creator of the universe and all that it holds, omnipotent, omnipresent, ascetic, 
Father, we thank you that we worship a mighty God and that we are able to do that. Father, as we lift these names to you, we know that you are a God who cares for us, that you hear our prayers. And we believe fervently that there is great honor and great power in coming before you into your throne room and mentioning the name of someone else. Lord, we lift up each of those names and many others that are on our hearts. Lord, that you would love these people and care for them. Lord, that you will make yourself known to them. Father, we pray as we continue on during this service that your spirit would dwell in the midst of your people. Lord, let your words fill my mouth. Let our hearts and our ears be opened. It is an honor to worship you in the giving and receiving, in the worship of song, in the giving of our tithes and our offering, in fellowship of the saints, and in the teaching and the reading of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You all may be seated. There are many types of blessings that God bestows on us. Of course, there are these general blessings. Uh, those things are common among all people. For instance, everyone is blessed by sunlight. Without it, plants would not grow. There would not be oxygen. The planet would be cold and lifeless. Of course, creation is blessed by rain. Not this part of creation, but other parts of creation have plenty of rain. Um, and then there are unique blessings that are given to those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And of course, those are for instance, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and His work of redemption and sanctification. The peace that surpasses all understanding or worldly understanding. And we'll talk more about these as we move forward. In Luke 27, remember if you will, last week we were talking about uh, Jesus and He had uh, cast the demon out of the mute and the mute began to speak and the people wanted more but some questioned whether or not uh, he was casting them out in the power of Beelzebub and while this conversation is taking place it says in verse 27 as he said these things a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nurse. And so if you will, there was a conversation happening and Jesus is teaching and in the middle of his teaching, a woman raises her voice and begins to speak. Although we're not told that she's a prophet, we're not even told her name, uh, she is giving a prophecy. And so in the Bible we have prophecies of will and prophecies 
of woe. And generally, when you have one, it is followed closely by another. This verse uh, 11.27 is, is where uh, the Catholic Church gets it, a large chunk of its Hail Mary from. And so it may sound familiar if you come from that background. And certainly Mary was blessed. Can you imagine having the honor uh, to carry in your womb uh, Jesus Christ? the God incarnate. Uh, and so we have this wonderful uh, prophecy of, or oracle of will, uh, where she says, you are blessed as the womb of the woman that carried you and the breasts at which you nursed. But Jesus stops her. He interrupts her and says, but he said... Blessed, rather, are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. And so, was Mary blessed? Certainly, Mary was blessed. Uh, because she had this great honor of carrying uh, Jesus in her womb. But Jesus says, well, wait a minute. Uh, the people who are truly blessed are the ones that hear the Word of God and keep it. So this uh, draws this distinction. Of course, those who are blessed are those who hear. Now, there are people all over the world who don't hear the Word of God, and some choose that do hear it, some choose not to follow it. They are still tremendously blessed because they live in God's creation. And Romans 1 tells us that God's creation speaks to His attributes, right? The creation itself testifies that there is a God. And we certainly don't have to go far if we go to the sequoias uh, or any of the parks or just to the ocean and we see the testimony and are blessed by the handiwork of God. But he's talking about a unique blessing, those that hear the Word of God, and then secondly, those who hear it and actually do it. Now, if you've had children, uh, and certainly you, if you're here, you've been a child, we know that there's this oracle of will and this oracle of woe. So when my children were growing up, uh, there was an oracle of will. If you do this, all will go well for you. But it was followed by an oracle of woe. If you don't do this, it's not going to go so well for you. Right? Any of you ever get those two oracle? By the way, will is not W-I-L-L -L or W-H-E-E-L. It's W-E-A-L, oracle of will and oracle of woe. So first, true followers of Christ not only hear the word, they also keep it. So I often hear, as do you, people who say, well, of course I'm a Christian. Or I'm a Christian, I go to church 
every Sunday. And we have all known people who were at church every time the doors were open. And yet somehow things don't match up. I don't know if many of you remember several years ago now there was a guy. He was a serial killer in the Kansas City area or in Wichita and I think more in Kansas. And he was known as the BTK Killer bind, torture, and kill. And when they arrested him, he was the president of the congregation of the church that he was in. I think it was a, a Lutheran church. You know, he was married, he had children. Everything on the outside appeared intact. And he was a regular attender. He regularly heard the Word of God. And yet, he not only murdered people, but he mocked law enforcement. He was no respecter of life. So he would fall in this. The people that are blessed are not just the ones who hear the Word of God, but those that hear it and actually do it. Because there is this division, right? And where is that division? It is not just on those who hear the Word of God but those who actually follow it. And we see time and again in Scripture, uh, even when God is near and obviously present, we tend to disobey Him. Our hearts are bent towards disobeying God. And we talked last week a little bit about uh, during the Exodus as they're, they're coming out, and all of a sudden, the, the Egyptian army is chasing after the Israelites. And they're like, what, you brought us out in the desert to kill us? And God caused a division between the two, right? He put this huge pillar there, and it provided enough time for the sea to be divided and for the Israelites to cross on dry land. And with the Israelites stayed, a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And in the shadow of this pillar, Moses ascends to the mountain and is retrieving the Ten Commandments. And in the shadow of the pillar, the Israelites are melting down and pounding their gold jewelry into an idol that they no longer had to worship. I mean, in Egypt, yes, you had to worship whatever they were doing. They, that was the pagan society that they lived in. God had just freed them from that in no small miracle. There was the Passover. There were the plagues. There was the crossing of the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, they're pounding their jewelry into a, a pagan idol. Because even when God is there, our hearts are inclined to evil. And so Jesus says, it's not just those that hear the word, but those that obey the word. And we see it in John chapter 10, verse 27, where he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
Now, it's pretty interesting. We have a dog, uh, and I just love this little dog. But depending on what this dog wants, it may or may not respond to me. When my mother is there, she'll open the closet door, and Libby is going to go to Grandma. Because Grandma, when she opens the closet door, is getting a leash and is going to take her on a walk. There is nothing I can do at that point to dissuade that dog from going to her. I can call her. She's my dog. I paid for her. I feed her. And yet, when it comes between me and Grandma, when it comes to walking time, there's nothing I can do. She's only following Grandma. Now, there's other times where she'll decide based on what's what, who she's going to follow. She loves the dog, loves popcorn. So if Tish has popcorn, I can call her all I want. But she's not coming to me if Tish has popcorn because she knows Tish is going to throw some pieces of popcorn on the carpet. I will say that last week, found me on the floor scooping up the popcorn just because she wouldn't listen to me. So I will be heard. In verse 29, when the crowds were increasing, so now this woman has spoken, Jesus has answered her, right? And what he has said is very profound. Who is a true believer who is truly faithful, not just one that hears the word, but someone that responds to the word? When the crowds were increasing, in verse 29, he began to say, this generation is an evil generation. Well, okay, so remember we had the, the, the oracle of will, and now we have this oracle of woe. Um, he speaks up. He says, you are an evil group of people. This whole generation is evil. Now, was this generation more evil than the previous generations? Well, he doesn't say that this generation is the most evil generation that ever existed. He just points out this is an evil generation. Well, certainly when we look at our society around us, we are prone to say this is an evil generation. And guess what? Every generation is an evil generation Because so many people in each generation choose to turn their backs on the Creator. And so he points this out. This is an evil generation. Well, that's one way to get their attention. All of a sudden, when you start making a statement like that, people are going to start listening. So why is it evil? Well, he says... It seeks for a sign. Oh, we do like signs, don't we? I mean, signs are necessary. I, as a man, signs mean I don't have to stop and ask for directions, right? Because there's a sign, and that sign will tell me where to go and how to get there, 
and then I at least appear smart. All I have to do is follow the sign. Now, I don't generally follow the sign, but if I did follow this, but we seek for something to show us that God is real. We seek for a sign. And remember, they were already witnessing Jesus casting out a demon, and then they're saying, but we want to see a sign. Jesus is like, well, that's kind of a sign. Like, you haven't seen that before. I've raised the dead. I've healed the blind. I've healed lepers. I've cast out demons. What sign is it exactly that will give that to you? Well, when we look at Christendom around us, one of the things we see that there is uh, certainly that branch of Christianity where signs are very important. And it kind of gets the emotions stirred up and it gets people excited. And it... But when we go back to the foundation, Jesus said, no, blessed are the people who hear the Word of God and do it. And he counters that with, but there are some in this evil generation that that's not enough. See, it's not enough that this is the Word of God. So people will come to me oftentimes and they'll say, well, pastor, can you tell me? And I'll say, well, let me look in my Bible. And really what they want is a fix that isn't in here. Because really, when it comes down to it, we know what the Word of God says. I mean, it is built in us. We have this um, understanding of God that is written in our heart. We know what is right, and we know what is wrong. We don't really even have to look in there. God has etched it into our hearts. Now, we are supposed to look in here because this book arguably is the most important thing that you have in your house. Right? This is the Word of God. In fact, I probably have 20 of these extremely valuable documents in my home in multiple languages. I know we've got one in Japanese, a couple in Spanish. We've got at least one, I think, in German. And then we've got NIV, ESV, NASB, King James, um, New Living Translation, the Amplified Bible, you name it. We've got the Word of God in any way possible. But we know the Word of God only if we open it. And so he says, but you're an evil generation because you don't want to read, you don't want to listen, you want the cliff notes. You want to see the power of God without the accountability of following God. Right? We all want the results and I got to tell you, I'm preaching to myself. Yesterday, I'm in this class. It's 105 degrees in here. We're doing burpees. We're doing 
the crab things. We're doing uh, ab work, and I'm like sweating all over. I just want like the perfect body. I don't really want to spend hours and hours and hours every week sweating. My laundry bill is going through the roof. I just want the body I should have. I deserve it, right? And in our generation, when we look at the diet uh, industry, it's billions and billions and billions of dollars. But here's the only diet that works. Eat less, move more. Right? I mean, we all know how to lose weight. You say, oh, well, there's insulin resistance and insulin dependence and insulin this and that. And there's a... Here's the thing. When I don't eat sugar, <laughs> as if that's ever happened, um, I should say, if I don't eat sugar, I'm absolutely certain that when I'm not eating sugar, when I'm following what I'm supposed to follow, I lose weight and I get in better shape. But I do love my chocolate and my ice cream and really anything that has a wrapper on it and is in bright colors, almost I will eat that, right? Very few things, unless you put raisins in it. Why ever put raisins in candy? Anyway, moving forward, it's we don't want to do the work. And we really don't have to. Really what we need to do is just read. He's provided his word. He said, here it is. Here's your plan. You go online and, and say, I really want to lose weight. And then you fill out the little form and they say, hey, I'll send you a diet plan if you send me $100. So you send $100 and it says, eat less. Now, it might take 12 pages to say that, but that's what they're saying, right? We know what to do to lose weight. Um, it's the same thing. We have the plan. We just have to read the plan. And when we're missing it, God has etched it into our heart. But what we really like is we really just want to have the 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 beach body without the gym workout that's what we want he says yeah keep asking for that it's evil because it seeks for a sign so why is it so bad he's the i mean he's claiming to be the messiah proof is in the pudding as they say course pudding and chocolate pudding and then you put whipped oil let's well this generation had access the generation that Jesus is speaking to had access to the Old Testament so they already knew had they read it they already knew or should have known or could have known who Jesus was after all remember Jesus is born and probably around two years after his birth these guys stroll up on camels. And they're saying, we've come to worship the one who is the king of the Jews. Well, how did they know? 
Well, because they sacked Jerusalem and all of Israel and they carried all of that information back with them to Babylon and people there were looking at it and going, oh, look, there's a sign. The king of the Jews has been born. Let's go pay him homage. Well, why didn't the Jews know? They had it. It was in their house. But they didn't take time to read it and study it and know it and follow it. They had the information. They just didn't do anything with it. They had also just seen Jesus cast out a demon. He told them, if I'm not doing this by the power of Beelzebub, then it is the finger of God, the kingdom of God is with you, is at hand. But it wasn't enough. They wanted more. Right? It's never enough just to get the basic. we got to have more and more and more. And he says in verse 29, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So the Jews have at least the ability to recognize who Jonah is. But what does he mean by the sign of Jonah? Well, there we have to go into Matthew. And so in Matthew 12, verse 39, it says this, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Right? There's this foreshadow of what is to come. And so Matthew, uh, Jesus expounds on that in Matthew records it. But it's human nature to never be satisfied. There's always something, like I need pleasure, I need something else, I need, I need more sleep. So always I'm like, when it's late at night, if I could just stay up a little bit longer, and then when I finally get to sleep, it's like, if I could just sleep a little bit longer, depending on what dinner is, if there was just a little bit more of this, or if it had a little bit of this, we're always thinking it could just be a tad bit better. We can't just be satisfied. We always want more. More money, more food, be better fit, more room, more stuff, more evidence. In almost any category, we lose the ability to be fully satisfied. So Jesus draws this line in the sand. Um, there is one sign, and that's going to be it. You're only getting this one sign. There's only one that matters. So in Acts 17.30, it says this. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed the day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed 
And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. See, we still have people saying, you know, if Christians would just do this, certainly there's, I, I get calls and phone calls and, and letters fairly regularly saying, you know, Pastor, I'd like to talk to you about being welcoming and affirming. I welcome anyone who wants to come through the door. I affirm the Word of God. You say, well, yes, but what about... No, 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 no. There's plenty in the Word of God that looks into my life and starts scraping things away, and that's just for myself. I have to draw the line. This is the standard. This is what I affirm. This is the Word of God. Say, well, but other churches, I'm called to pastor this church. And in this church, we will affirm the Word of God. We welcome anyone who wants to come. But I will always teach the Word of God. And that's hard enough because it cuts each of us. If it doesn't cut us, even me, then it's not sufficient. Or I'm not sufficient. So he says, God has said, look, the days of ignorance are over. You have the fullness, the fulfillment of prophecy, God incarnate, the ultimate sacrifice, and now you have a choice to make. You don't need more signs. You don't need a little more salt. You don't need a little extra ice cream. You don't need all of the fluff. What you need is to make a decision. Blessed are those who hear my word and do it. The good news has been presented in its entirety. Though many will not see it. They either cannot see it or will not see it or choose to see it. Or if he would just alter it a little bit. If you've ever bought a house, there's this time where you're discussing it. You know, if you'll just do this to the house, I'll take it. Or if you just lower your price a little bit. Or if it had a new roof. This isn't the opportunity to have those discussions. God says, well, here is the fulfillment. Here is the package. You get a choice. You get to take the package, right? This is, this is uh, the Model T Ford. You can have it in any color you want it as long as it's black, right? Everybody gets the same exact car. It's the only one that came off the line. They all looked alike. They made the same noises. They made the same sounds. They went the same speed limit. They had the same tires, the same engine, the same roof. They, everything was identical. You could have any one you wanted as long as it looked just like all the other ones. God says, look, this is what I'm offering. You don't have to take it, certainly. But this is what's being offered. God has fixed the day, having given the signs as well as the prophecies, that the world will be judged. 
In Luke 16, he says, And he called out, Father Abraham. Remember this story about Lazarus? Have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Just have him dip his finger in water and come over and just give me some relief and cool my tongue for I'm in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and Lazarus in like manner the bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us is a great chasm that has been fixed. In order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he says, then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses, and they have the prophets. Let them hear them. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise the dead if they won't listen to the word of God they're not going to believe the signs right this is what's important it doesn't matter what signs and miracles and it's so sad to see in many places around the world and even here in America where people get caught up in the emotion and they follow after the personality behind the pulpit and are so easily led astray because they're following the signs but not hearing the words. Even the resurrection of the dead cannot convince some. There are those that are so opposed to the idea of God that they will not ever be convinced. I was watching a podcast the other day and this was a woman who was uh, giving Bible studies and talking about faith and all of these things in her journey and then she kind of went silent for a couple months and now she's back and she's like I'm no longer a Christian I don't believe in the Word of God I don't go to church I've deconstructed my faith I've this and this and this and this and this I don't believe that there is a God So I don't know enough about her to know except this. She's decided that this isn't adequate. And sadly, that's taught too often in churches. This isn't enough. We have to add to this. But the Word of God says that's sufficient. I don't have to come up and wear $900 sneakers I don't have to get hair transplants, that might help a little bit, or fix my teeth, or be a certain size, or wear certain clothes, or get fog machines, or lighting, or whatever. If the Word of God is not enough, 
as it is, it will never be enough for some people. For as Jonah in verse 30 became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of Sheba had heard of Solomon's wisdom. She even had heard of the source of his wisdom. She so much wanted to see that that she went to Solomon to spend time with this wise king, the wisest in all the earth. And Jonah. Now, Jonah was an interesting prophet. I mean, clearly, he had his days. God says, I need you to go to Nineveh. Jonah says, yeah, I'm not doing that. God says, no, you don't understand. You're my prophet. You're going to Nineveh. Jonah says, yeah, you don't understand. Uh, no, I'm not doing that. So he takes off. Ends up in the belly of a whale, vomited up on a beach. Now he's at least willing to go. But he says to God, I don't want to go and tell them to repent because I know what's going to happen. They're going to repent and you're going to forgive them. And I don't want that to happen. I want you to just obliterate them. And God says, shut up. I mean, he said it kind of in biblical terms. And go. So Jonah goes. And I would have loved to have heard the message. Like, repent. Not really. Repent. No, don't do that. No. He taught the word of God. And the people heard it and repented. And then Jonah was mad, remember? He's like, I told you you would do this. And yet, all these people, God says, but look. Now, the next generation, they rebelled against God. They refused to repent. And then he obliterated them. But that generation, said, it, it, we are told, will stand up and condemn this generation because at least when they heard the word of God, they repented. This generation not only is hearing the word of God, they have Jesus in their midst. And they refuse to hear it. Not unlike our generation that has forgotten our way and has said, ah, oh, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. When people meet us, they are meeting Christians, little Christ, disciples of Christ. They should be, when they shake our hands, shaking the hand of Christ. When they hear us speak, they should be hearing His Word. They should be seeing His face and encountering the Lord. And still, 
our society. Even though we say, no, you don't understand. We're getting too far off course. We have to stick to the Word of God. They are still following off after their own lusts and desires and lusts of the flesh. Everyone will be held accountable for their faithfulness or their lack of faithfulness in God. No one has an excuse. That's what Romans 1 is all about. Little has changed today with technology available. The truth of the gospel is available. Type it up on Google. What is the gospel? There it is. Turn to the TV station. There it is. Great, solid pastors, wonderful teaching. Everything is available. And still people deny the deity of Christ. They deny the death, the burial, the resurrection. They deny the virgin birth. And yet the truth is now more available than it has been in any other generation. And the more it's available, the fewer people listen to it. Verse 33, No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part in dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. In this passage, Jesus is literally accusing this generation of being blind. But that blindness affects every area of their life. In effect, they've closed their eyes to what God is doing. They've closed their eyes to the gospel. And by doing so, they've cut themselves off from the blessing of the gospel message. Think about all the blessings we have when we're walking faithfully with the Lord. The most important of those, of course, is, is salvation itself. But when we're walking with Christ and keeping His statutes, we spare ourselves from many of the calamities and much of the pain and the chaos that swirls around us in the world. Because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the peace that surpasses all comprehension. And true followers of Christ not only hear the Word, but they keep the Word. The good news has be, been presented in its entirety, though many will not see it. We look for it. We want to see more. We want proof. We want signs. We want excitement. God said, if this isn't exciting enough, you will never be fulfilled. Everyone will be held accountable for their faithfulness or lack of faithfulness in God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful word, words that we find in Luke. We thank you for the sacrifice that was made. We thank you for your word that has been presented in its, in, in its entirety with love and compassion and a desire from your side 
that all would come to know you. Your word tells us that you love the world so much that you gave your son that whosoever would believe. Father, we pray that if there are any here today, whether they're on Facebook or Fireside or here in the sanctuary or wherever they may be, Lord, that they would be making that choice to follow you. Lord, help us to know that you are enough. That you are the gospel, the good news, and you are sufficient. And let us be content. Father, we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.